0: Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. We're going to have a great day together. Thank you for uh, joining me. We're going to have Susie Davis joining me in just a minute, and then Brian Cluth is going to be talking about ways to honor your pastor. In the second hour, Dr. Marcus Bachman will be with us. So get your questions ready. We're going to talk about problems with siblings. That's all ahead on the show. We'll take sixty seconds and be right back.
1: Neil Stava, manager of Faith Radio. Now, now that we're in the middle of summer, I'm reminded that we live in a land of seasons. Right now, there's a lot more hot than cold and more sun than clouds. But regardless of the season, the Apostle Paul reminds us to share the gospel. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word in season and out. One translation tells us to keep our sense of urgency. Here at Faith Radio, we're committed to preaching and teaching God's word daily, consistently, faithfully. And it's your prayer and financial support that enable us to fulfill this mission. And many of you partner with us as ongoing monthly givers, funding the ministry through every season. Those of you who stand with us day in and day out, thank you. Your gifts provide the financial base to keep Faith Radio strong. And if you're ready to join our support team and keep Faith Radio spreading the good news, make a gift today at MyFaithRadio.com or call 877-93-FAITH. Thanks.
0: glad to be uh, talking to Susie Davis. She's an author speaker. She married her high school sweetie pie, Will Davis Jr. They have three kids, two of which are daughters, and she's written an amazing book called Dear Daughters, uh, Love Letters to the Next Generation. And it's so important to be passing on wisdom and advice to the younger generation, and this book will help you do that. Susie, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm so grateful to be on today.
0: Thank you. So uh, I want to ask right away, your initial motivation and for writing this particular book
2: initially it started with my two daughters leaving and going to college i figured
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I knew it
2: (laughs) started with um them leaving and i started writing little notes to them online via facebook and instagram and i just found there was a lot of traction there were a lot of young women responding to them that weren't my daughters and then i started a podcast called your daughters and it rolled into a book
0: that's fantastic um so isn't it interesting how oftentimes the ministry that God has in store for you is nothing that you like plan out specifically it just organically organically starts to uh, g- gain its own steam
2: Yeah I love that it's 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 creative and fun and spontaneous and it and it feels very authentic when it does that
0: Yeah now do older women have a reluctance to step in and play the role of a spiritual mentor
2: I think they do because they're just intimidated mm-hmm. and I've, I've heard from a lot of older women who who say they they think mentoring is a bible study and so they're they feel like they're not you know advanced theologically or whatever but really mentoring is about availability and it's about and and i call in the book i call mentors spiritual mamas because that's really how it started for me was the kitchen counter sliding the peanut butter and jelly sandwich across the table and talking to my daughter's friends and that's how it can be for other people, too. It can be organic and natural and not intimidating at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And then do you need to have your own kids in order to be a spiritual mama?
2: No, not at all. As a matter of fact, some of my, my favorite spiritual mamas are single women who've just stepped in and reached out to um, younger women who needed a spiritual mentor, needed a mother voice in their life, and it's just been a beautiful thing. Yeah.
0: What are the spiritual mamas hearing from these younger women that they're mentoring? What are some of the concerns and some of the things that you are hearing?
2: Well, I think there's you know, a lot of conversation about life purpose, especially with the millennials. They're wondering what they're supposed to be doing with their lives. Um, and then the regular topics that I think have been just going on for centuries, <laughs> but about anxiety, about getting comfortable with your body, about, um, you know, how to find soul care for your life and things like that.
0: Well, that was you just kind of gave me a lot to chew on right there. Let's talk about life purpose a little bit. And we all need to have meaning in life and what is our purpose. Otherwise, we're in a big world of trouble.
2: Right. And I think, you know, what I hear most is I think girls want to know what they're supposed to be doing. They want to honor God. They want to live a full life and a beautiful life. And they're just concerned that they might be missing it. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, well, we talked a little bit. You've had a couple jobs, different ones, Mm -hmm. and I've certainly had a number of different jobs. And I think that that's something that has been helpful for younger women to hear. Like, your your first job is not going to be your last job, and that, you know, regardless of the success, quote-unquote, success in your life, vocationally, your value is based on what God says about you and who you are to Him, not what you're doing at your nine-to-five.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, uh, body judging, too, and, and on loving your body. How important is that?
2: Well, for most, 99.9% of the women have dealt with body issues. I know I did, and I had a real epiphany when my my youngest was three years old. I was about to put her in the bathtub, and I had a big bunch of bubbles going on. I looked at her tiny little body, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's just beautiful. She's so darling. And I felt like God just was like, hey, you know what, she looks just like you. And it was a really, it was like an epiphany for me because I realized that I had a fierce mother love and appreciation for her body, but not my own. And that's when I started having conversations with women about how, um, you know, how how wonderful it is when you can accept the body that God's giving you and you can remember that, uh, the darling little person you were when you were three and six and seven and you know eight years old, that person is that's still you. And so it's really good to get to that place of acceptance and just appreciating what you have.
0: Mm-hmm. Susie, what about some of the mothers that maybe didn't have a, a good mother-daughter relationship? Maybe the daughters didn't really confide in them, and now you're encouraging them to turn around and be spiritual mamas, and they went, ha, huh, I didn't do so well with my own kids.
2: Yeah, we've I, I've had a lot of conversation when, with older women about this very thing. They, and really a lot of them have said that they feel inadequate because they didn't have good mother roles growing up. And the really good news is that, you know, God can enable you to spin to and be who you need to be, um, you know, through his spirit and by his power. And so I just encourage women to get a mentor themselves. No matter how old you are, you can and should have a mentor i'm 55 i have a mentor and my mother is a great mother but i need other women in my life too so that's one of the things that i encourage women to do regardless of their age is to get a mentor and start walking that out with someone older and then that will in in effect enable you to be who you need to be to the people younger than you if it's your daughter or other young women
0: Susie, tell me how the mentor mentee relationships usually get started is it the mentor reaching out to a younger woman saying would you like me to mentor you or is it the mentee that approaches an older woman and says would you ever consider mentoring me how does it work
2: yeah typically it seems to be the younger women reaching out which i love about these millennials and these younger 30 year olds and they're they're just going to walk up to (laughs) they'll walk up to you they'll email me or direct message on social media and they'll say hey Will you mentor me? And I love that. And that's when I think sometimes the older women can get intimidated and feel like they're not ready. But I always say wisdom is won by doing the right thing and getting the reward or doing the wrong thing and suffering the consequence. So everybody has wisdom to share. And mm-hmm. that's what I say to the older woman.
0: So did you feel a little bit like a control freak growing up with your kids? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that came <laughs> natural, right? So, how painful was it when you had to start letting go of your adult kids and trust that they're going to, trust that they're going to make the right life choices independently
2: yeah it's excruciating when you're <laughs> you have a mother heart um letting go and walking out of transition it's just it's it's hard and unusual walking with grief and joy side by side, you know we prayed up the the people that are our children were married, and then they met them. We were so excited, and then when they went to get married, there was some grief there—not not in what they were going to experience, but what we were going to lose. So that was transitions can always have that kind of that duality, that sun shower effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Susie, I'm really curious about when when women and their mother in laws don't get along or they they have a rough relationship. What how do you counsel? How do you counsel both sides?
2: Well, I would say the older woman, I think it's her responsibility to be as grown up as she can be. And do a double heart check and make sure that you've really let go of your child and release them to um, their new family and allow that family to be more important even in a Because I think that's a lot of what happens is there's a lot of dysfunction when mothers just can't grieve, can't let go, and they keep holding on, it becomes a real difficulty. And then to the younger woman, I would say, you know what, Um, give as much grace as you possibly can. Yes, have nice, strong boundaries, but um, just be as grace-filled as you can be to your mother-in-law because um, until you walk through that, you probably won't know what it feels like to let go of a child.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think when it comes to uh, traditions and things that normal families have done their whole life and then – you know one family joins with another family and then all of a sudden the traditions are starting to clash uh sh- should we make that a big deal or no big deal or how do we come to a happy compromise in those situations
2: yeah that that that, that can be a will it can be a really wacky time especially at holidays and stuff like that when or there's a family vacation that you're always supposed to go on um again i think this is falls back to the older woman to release the child to do what their family traditions will become. And um, it, and, and just a ton of grace in the middle of it and a ton of honest conversation and agreed-upon boundaries is really important to have a healthy, you know, extended family situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Susie Davis is my guest. She's written a book called Dear Daughters, Love Letters to the Next Generation that we're chatting about today, although she's written other books Um as well uh, loving your man without losing your mind parenting your teen and loving it and unafraid trusting god in an unsafe world she's busy writing but we are going to take a little break when we come back we're going to continue our discussion with Susie about dear daughters be back in a minute show I have Susie uh Davis on the show and she's written a book called uh Dear Daughters Love Letters to the Next Generation and Susie I guess there are a couple of issues in the book or maybe we can just touch on one uh go back to one because it's such a big one and it was very sweet when you had your epiphany on your body your own body image but um just l- loving your body um maybe you would talk a little bit about how messed up that is for most women, and what step they need to take, like maybe today.
2: Right. Well, it is messed up, and I think that it's it's like the primary reason that women won't get in a swimsuit and go to a public pool. I mean, there's just a lot of body hating going on out there, um, and and it's something that we see in culture. So I don't even need to, you know, bemoan that fact. Everybody knows that. But one of the things, one of the really practical pieces of advice I give women and and I practice it myself is to get a picture of your your baby self and put it in a place where you can see it and just remember you know who who you were when you were little and just remind yourself that you're still that person and and listen uh, one of the other things I say is you know when you when you're 30 and you're thinking your butt's too big well you know what your 40 year old self is going to be girlfriend you had, you looks awesome. So you might as well, like, while you're young and beautiful, you
0: know? Right. Whenever whenever somebody sees a picture of themselves and they, they go, oh, I don't like that picture at all, I go, just wait a year. You're going to love that picture. Or, or wait six months and you're going to look back and say, oh, I love that picture yeah. of me. So good looking. Oh, yeah. And I just look so good. And, you know, just live in the moment and just be aware that, you know, uh, tomorrow is going to be one day worse. As sad as that is, right?
2: (laughs) There's a lot of joy in that, though, right? Oh, yes. Yes. We get more wisdom. We're able to settle down a lot and not be as anxious and enjoy life a little more. Yeah.
0: So you have two daughters. And I, to talk about, if you would, uh, how important the uh, relationship is with dad, earthly dad.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, my girls have a good relationship with their dad, but I've talked to a lot of young women who don't. And there is a tendency to see God through the lens of your earthly father. And so one of the one of the things that I talk about a lot with younger women is just realizing that, you know, no dad is perfect, but if you've had a dad that's walked out on the family or abandoned you, you might have some issues with God because of your tendency to look at God through the lens of your father. God is a good father, and he loves you with unconditional love, and he's never going to leave you. And you know if it if it takes some good therapy to get there and understand that i'd completely um encourage it
0: mhm so maybe you would chat a little bit about the moms that are listening today who are adjusting to the empty nest idea or getting ready because it's already uh, like you know the start of school is around the corner and maybe the nest is going to be empty so how do you start to prepare yourself for that
2: I did. And I was the mama when I took my son to kindergarten. I bawled and cried, and then we dropped him at college. I bawled and cried. Like, I was that woman in the hall with ugly crying over the kids leaving. So I understand transitions and empty nesting, and it is an adjustment. Um, but I just want to encourage that, you know, every new season requires that something dies in order for something new To come up and we get that when we see you know seasonal wildflowers and stuff like that we can observe it and we're unemotional about it when it's in our own lives it's really painful Um, one of the things i did when i went through that empty nesting phase when all of our kids had gotten married is i felt a little wonky with god and i started meeting with a mentor that's one of the things i did is get with someone a little older to help me have some perspective and understand my heart so I did, that's why I just really think mentoring is where it's at we mm-hmm. need each other
0: and so what do you say to the person that has not gotten a mentor um, what kind of action plan can you can you encourage because yes. I don't think this happens overnight you got to find someone you like you trust who you believe has you know a strong faith life and right. has margin in their life to meet with me I mean it's kind of complicated isn't it
2: complicated but it can also start over a cup you know just an invitation for a cup of coffee but the reason i wrote the book is for you to feel like you had someone to talk to one of the um, someone reviewed my book and they said they felt like um well they read it and then they said that night they had a dream that i hugged them and i was like oh my gosh it's like the greatest compliment ever and i want i want you to read it and feel like i'm right there and i ask a lot of questions inside the chapters for you to write things down and reflect on your own life, but then what I would love to do is for you to have this as a bridge-building tool to meet with someone real time. And it can, like I said, start with, "Hey, will you go to coffee with me?" You know, we would you look around and there's someone you respect. Just say, "Will you go to coffee with me?" And if that person doesn't work out, chemistry's wrong, it doesn't make sense. Be brave, ask another person. And this is whether you're 25 or 55 or you know whatever we like i said we need each other and we don't have to walk alone.
0: Mhm. Susie, are you a do you do a journal? Do you write?
2: I do journal. In, yeah. In a personal journal?
0: Yeah. If um, I do. do you want to read a page out of that? Or is that your personal?
2: <laughs> no, I would, except I literally don't have it in this room. But I can tell you that every single day I wake up and have a conversation with God and it's not um much different than the conversation I would have with my husband. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but I just feel like God's with me all the time, and I talk about the things that are, you know, really big for me, like I pray for my kids, but I also talk to him about the things that that are small, mundane, everyday things, like I'm feeling tired or what kind of flowers should I put in the front bed. It's just an ongoing conversation.
0: Mm -hmm. What if your heart has been broken because your own mother um, and your relationship is just in trouble and you can't seem to get to reconciliation?
2: Yeah, that one's a really big one, and it's one that surprised me. I've had a lot of women reach out, and what I've heard in their conversations is, is they have a mother wound. Um, and and one of the things that, you know, I, I know this. I know that God is able, and he can comfort and heal, and, and so I want to give hope on that. But I also don't want to diminish and say that, you know, you're going to snap your fingers and feel good about the mother you didn't have or the disappointments that she brought into your life. And this is, again, when I would encourage, you know, talk to your a pastor, a counselor, or if you can find a steady spiritual mentor to walk you through the grief of what you miss,
0: um, mm-hmm.
2: having a strong mother.
0: Yeah. Susie, maybe you would also talk about the healthy boundaries that you put up. You know, if 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 I say to myself, I'm going to mentor somebody, does that mean they can call me six times a day and say, what up, what up?
2: the person it wouldn't work for me Um, and and it wouldn't be something I wouldn't expect my own daughters would be texting and calling me six times a day you know I think we need to figure out what works for us but I do think that there are certain situations where if someone has that kind of kind of dysfunctional dependence they might need to work that out with a therapist first and then um, and then seek a mentor
0: hmm So you also uh, have a Dear Daughters podcast. I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, that one is, I, I interview author friends or pastors, counselors. I've interviewed my own two daughters, and we've talked about what a healthy, hopefully a healthy relationship between a mother and daughter looks like. Um, that is just a weekly podcast where you can find more in-depth Information about you know the conversations I have with the people I respect and mine,
0: mhm, and um just uh you know as we wrap things up i i just because I think this is such a big deal, and I know you think it's a big deal because lives are changed when uh, when mentors show up and mentor others. there's just no question to that, is there
2: yeah, and programs don't change people, people change people, and we need each other, and I think that's. Just the angle. I mean, it's what Jesus did. He walked around with people. He he picked 12, you know. Yeah. And one de-pledged. And, but, you know, that's that's why we're here having this conversation, Bill, is because Jesus had close relationships with people. And he did life online.
0: Yeah. And because this is such a big deal and you care so much about it, Susie, would you, just as we wrap up, just pray for the the mentors and the mentees that are blo- are both in a state where they don't have each other yet?
2: Well, um, God, thanks so much for who you are. Thank you that uh, there's a church without walls and there are people listening right now who are getting good information about your love. And I just pray that, God, there's a woman listening and she wants a mentor and she she might even have a tug to be a mentor. And I just pray that you would enable her in her everyday life to bump into people where she could fill those two roles. She could be a mentor and a mentee. And, um, God, I pray for the women who have mother wounds um, that you would just enable them to be comforted by your holy spirit and i just thank you for um for this time and i pray these things in jesus name
0: amen Susie davis thank you so much loved our time together and i appreciate all the encouragement you have done for us today
2: well thank you so much for having me on your show
0: yeah Uh, Again, Susie Davis has been my guest, and her book is called Dear Daughters, Love Letters to the Next Generation. We'll take a little break. When we come back, there'll be lots more. I'm so glad to have in my studio Brian Kluth, who is the uh, spokesman for Bless Your Pastor. Do I have your attention yet? Bless Your Pastor. The statistics are pretty staggering. 90% of pastors feel tremendous financial pressure. 50% of pastors make less than $50,000 a year while serving their churches 50 to 60 hours a week. And 60% of pastors... Do not receive retirement, health care, or other employee benefits from their churches. I, I have a feeling for many that's going to stun you with that, that information.
3: And uh, here to talk about it is uh, Brian Kluth. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Bill, great to be on with you. And we just want to really encourage your listeners today and, and give them some ideas on how they can really bless their pastor. This is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal, you know, and it 's really a silent subject. Most people have no idea that pastor families struggle because they 're not comfortable talking about it they don 't want the attention on themselves they don 't want to talk about their needs they 're god 's servants, and they say, well god 'll provide, but there's some real struggles kind of going on behind the scenes that a lot of people can help really alleviate with some very practical things that anybody can do yeah, and pastors today lead. Pretty stressful lives, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, I I had uh, one time there was a young young boy, and he wanted to either be a garbage man when he grew up or he wanted to be a pastor. And the the mother goes, "Honey, why do you want to do that?" He goes, "Well, the pastors work on Sunday, and the garbage man works on (laughs) Thursday. (laughs) So in his mind, the pastor only worked on Thursday. But the truth is." Uh, pastors work generally, again, like, like I mentioned, 50 to 60 hours or more per week. Uh, they're usually working every day. They have evening meetings. Sometimes they have early morning meetings. They work uh, weekends, obviously. They have funerals they have to do. And so they're kind of working all the time.
0: Yes, and they will sometimes be subject to criticism or complaints. Mm, yes. Or, uh, you know, they're they're not immune to the difficulties of... Uh, being at the head of a church
3: yeah no they re- they really aren 't in and in, in any church, you always have several people, and i 've been a pastor, senior pastor, so there 's always some that 'll make life a bit difficult for a pastor, but when you have people that love you really well and support you and encourage you and help you that goes so, it just goes a long way to just ease that stress of the difficult people because you know you have others in your corner.
0: Yeah, I, I, Brian, I'd love for you to talk more about your your role as a pastor. What were some of the challenges you you faced and and how did God provide
3: you know the uh, for me it was an interesting journey because I was in a a career field I was a president of a nonprofit when God called me to become a pastor okay and uh, I was 45 years old and I ended up taking a seventy thousand dollar pay cut to become a pastor and uh, but we felt God wanted us to do it and we went to a great congregation in Colorado Springs and uh, while we were there, you know, we had this big pay cut. But what happened is our our church family loved us really, really well. Uh, I remember we had mechanics that took care of our car. We, we had people that would watch our kids. Uh, we would have... When my wife had cancer, my first wife had uh, cancer for eight years, we had people give us food. But even more importantly than the food they brought to us, they actually gave us gift cards to restaurants. So my wife didn't have to, you know, clean up and set up and warm up the food. We could just go pick up the kids after middle school and, and and go to a restaurant and get something to eat. So we had people that just loved us in really practical ways. So although there were financial challenges, we didn't really feel the stress as much because people took care of us in in so many different uh, ways as a pastor and and I really saw that but also as I mentioned earlier you know there's always some people that are just very difficult in a church and uh and we and I had those like any other pastor but I had so many people that loved us and prayed for me and so, you know were encouraging and helpful and it just then became so much easier to to care for the people that were in my congregation mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Brian, the website is blessyourpastor.org, so you can learn all about it at that. And this brochure I have, it says, Bless Your Pastor, over 50 creative ways to show God's love for your pastor. Now let me just look at the clock, and it looks like we have time for all 50. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things in that list but uh, uh one is just praying for your pastor how to pray for the pastor uh, i had a, ga- a woman that would come to me with a list and say pastor this is how i pray for you uh what what do you want me to add nice and so i put all those things on this list so people could really really know how to pray for their pastor and so that was a, that was a big thing and then uh we just came up with other practical ideas And on this list of 50 i think in my church, they did all of these different things. I mean, I remember I had people that they had a vacation home and they would share it with us. Uh, we had somebody who, who had an RV, and when my wife was near the end of her life, she really wanted to go on a trip back to Minnesota to see family. She she was from Roseville, just a mile from here, and she wanted to see family, but she couldn't fly. And there was a, tr- a family in our church that said, hey, we have an RV and uh, you can you can use that RV because she couldn't fly because of having oxygen, mm-hmm. and we did that. And uh, someone let us use their ski lodge and get us ski passes and. Uh, When uh, my son was going to do some travel uh, overseas when he was young, we had a a family that gave us uh, frequent flyer miles so that we could take our son to South America and you know he we had him stay with the family, but that that frequent flyer ticket was paid for me and paid for my son and then paid for my wife to also go down, and those are just all things that people did within our church family, and so this little 50 ways idea just gives any Christian the ability to think about, hey, who am I, uh, what am I good at, and what do I have that I can do to bless my pastor? And that's the spirit of the whole Bless Your Pastor movement, is for churches to organize that uh, with their people and then to get, distribute this little flyer so that people can really think about it and then do it. I mean, ultimately, it's really about doing things. So first Thessalonians 5.12 says we are to show our deep appreciation For those who minister among us, Mm -hmm. Galatians six, six says uh, we are to uh, share all good things with those who teach us. So that's really the the kind of the two bookends of this movement is uh, show your appreciation and share the good things in your life.
0: Yeah, let's talk. Let's motivate some of our listeners right now and they can identify what their skills might be. Let's say, for example, I'm a plumber and I say to you, Pastor, uh, how about Saturday? I show up with a wrench and I give you 90 year 90 minutes of my time. Yeah, and and let me fix something.
3: Absolutely, that's a perfect example. Another big one is a mechanic. Mm -hmm. You know, hey pastor, when you you just bring your car to me every six months and I'll look it over, I'll change the oil, I'll do whatever. That's a big one. Uh, I had uh, dentist people, dental people that would say, you know what, we're just gonna we're gonna take care of you. You just come in, come in every several months. I had a doctor that would say, you know, when you have a need, don't go to a clinic, just call me. You know, I'll see you or I'll talk to you or I'll get your prescription, whatever is needed. You know, those are really, you know, powerful. Uh, This week, a few weeks ago, I was with a a woman and she said, what do you mean bless your pastor? And I was saying, well, think about who you are, you know, what you have, what you're good at, you know, and all of that. And she said, well, I'm a pharmacist. And I said, "Okay." And she said, so you mean like for me, I could get hold of our church staff and I could tell them that any time, Uh, They need a prescription that they should get hold of me, and I'll give it to them at my cost. And I said, well, that's exactly what we're talking about. And I said, but what does that mean? And she said, well, you know, a $120 prescription, is my cost is $8. Wow. So she said, I'll give it to them at my cost. And she said, that's a way I can bless my pastor and Mm -hmm. church staff, and it doesn't cost me anything, and it saves them over $100. Wow. And when you're struggling with a, a low paycheck, that $100 savings, is that's a lot. Of, that's a big savings. And uh, so that's really the yeah. idea here. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brian,
0: coach us as to the best approach we could take, you know, because a lot of times people say, if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. Well, that's kind of awkward, isn't it? it? It is awkward. It's <laughs> like,
3: well, can you come over and fix my toilet? <laughs> Well, I I just was talking to a pastor about this the other day and he told me that that exact thing. He said, People tell me all the time, Oh, hey, you know, I've got a vacation home. If you want to use it, let me know and he goes, you know, it just feels awkward to go ask. Yes, it does. Yeah. And so here's what he told me happened. So there's a guy in, in Colorado that goes to this guy this pastor's in Colorado. And there's a guy that every first week of January he gets hold of this associate pastor and he said, Pastor he said, "I have a five-bedroom vacation home in the mountains." He said, "You get first pick of the next of the coming year." Wow! He said, "You pick your week, and you and your family and anybody you want to bring along can use our vacation home for nine days, but you get first pick." And and this pastor is telling me for 20 years his family has been able to take a vacation because of that man. But he said because he did it so specifically, yes. it wasn't just hey anytime you need right. it. Right. Every January the first week, he gets a call and says, you pick the first week. So if you're going to help a pastor, sometimes you need to take the initiative. You know, you're you're a car dealer. You know, you you actually say to your pastor, hey, we can get you the best deal when you're ready and when you need it. You know, we really can help you. And so be specific and and really identify what it is you can do. Uh, Another lady I was talking to about this whole idea. She said, well, my husband and I, we own a carrier HVAC company. And she said, I think I'm going to approach all of our church staff and ask them, ask do you have a central air conditioner? And if you don't, we will install it for you. Okay. Wow. That is an amazing gift.
0: <laughs> I want that person's yeah, name because yeah. I've
3: just become a pastor. <laughs> Just in the last two minutes, there you go, yeah, but isn't that a beautiful thing oh my, it's- it's tremendous that was her that was in her spirit right away wow that that like wow, we have an hVAC company, we have sixty employees. we can just get hold of our staff and tell them we'll put in an hVAC unit for them that's amazing that makes
0: me giddy yeah. almost yeah it's it's fantastic all right, Brian, I've got a lot more questions, and we're talking to Brian Kluth today about bless your pastor, creative ways to do that. And the website is blessyourpastor.org. Blessyourpastor.org gives you lots of great ideas. So we'll take a little break when we come back. Lots more with Brian. Just a minute. Back to the show. I am delighted to have Brian Cluth in my studio. We're talking about ways, creative ways, to bless your pastor. He is the spokesman for this ministry called Bless Your Pastor. You go to blessyourpastor.org to learn more about that. Uh, Brian, I'm thinking specifically right now because this is something that is many, many, many people can do, and that is to feed, entertain, offer hospitality. How does a pastor want to get that those invites? And how do you be polite about it without offending somebody? Um, because when you get an invitation, you, you may want to come eat and then leave and not make it a long
3: night. Right. Yeah, Right. Yeah. There, there are a variety of ways, uh, in that whole, whole area. Uh, one is, is, uh, is just doing an invitation thing. Uh, Hey, we'd like to take you out to dinner. That's, okay. that's an easy one. Yes. Because you kind of know there's a there's a natural time limit, so that's that's a, a great way to do it. Another thing to do is find out what your pastor's favorite uh, you know place to eat is. Uh, my pastor, he loves Chipotle. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he's sure there's a Chipotle in heaven. He's, he's convinced. <laughs> uh, and if I want to bless my pastor, if I get him a fifty dollar you know uh, Chipotle gift card, yeah. he will just think he he's died and went guy. to heaven. Yeah, he's a happy guy. Yeah. That's the one. One uh, I do have to have a little confession though. Uh, when my wife got cancer, we had a lot of people bring a lot of food, and my kids were all teenagers at the time. And so, teenagers aren't the easiest kids to feed, uh, you know. Uh, and so we They're were picky st- eaters, aren't they? They are picky eaters. Yeah. So we were struggling a little bit because sometimes people would give us something that we really didn't like. So what do you do as a family? Because sometimes we would try it and. We didn't know what to do with it, so you know, we would get rid of it. And people would come up to me and say, well, Pastor, Pastor, how did you like my meal? And how do you answer that question? So I came up with a great answer, and the answer was, you know what? Food like that doesn't last long at our house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, which was a completely true statement. Yes. And they would say, oh, Pastor, thank you. Yes. And, and so that was one thing. But then when my wife had the cancer, and, and it was long, we, it was years of cancer, Uh, You know, the food would run out as far as people bringing it by, but what we discovered was we told people, if you really want to help us, we had three teenagers, the best thing you could do is just get us gift cards for anything around town, Mm -hmm. and we would pick them up after their sports and their band and their orchestra, and we would go have a meal as a family. And then my wife, you know, there was no prep, there was no clean up. And so we literally, over time, we had about a six-inch stack of gift cards. To restaurants, and we, and for several years, because my wife's uh, strength wasn't always, uh, you know, at a high level, we were able to just go have a meal and, and enjoy it together, and that was a huge blessing, you know, as far as hospitality and food, and really ministered to us, because it really was a huge, huge help to us. You must have felt so loved. We did, you know. Th- that is the bottom line of this yeah. all is we felt God's love through God's people they loved us well they cared for us they prayed for us uh they used to take my wife to her chemo treatments they'd pick her up and uh and she and they would you know take her to her chemo treatments and they would sit with her and uh but she was such a great lady uh they would uh, these people the the women would say i felt like i had a, like a girl's day out because sandy was so much fun even getting chemo but she, they, they said, I'm blessed because I helped her. And so there were just so many practical ways that people helped us.
0: Yeah, it's just beautiful. Um, there are a lot of good people out there, aren't there?
3: There are a lot of good people yeah. out there, yes. There the, sure are. The
0: world can feel very polarized and mean-spirited at times, and everyone can seem a little bit self-absorbed. But not always the case in the family of God, is it?
3: No, it's it's not. But I I do think we live in a time where the average Christian thinks, well, I put some money on the plate, and I I'm sure they take care of my pastor, and they really don't know the reality that no, the church has pretty limited funds, and they you know they don't spread very far, and so when when a Christian goes, you know what, what can I do to bless my pastor? Uh, that's a game changer. Uh, you know, my wife and I I, I'm new, I remarried after my first wife went to heaven, and. Uh, we recently sold a house and it was a furnished home. It was a, a, a rental. And we called my pastor and we said, you know what? Anything in this house, there was, was a five bedroom house, living room furniture, dining room, you know, family room. And we said, anything you want in this house is, your, is, is yours. You just, you know, was, we gave him pictures of everything and we just said, anything you would like and so again taking the initiative and uh, in his case he actually didn't want a lot he took the foosball table yeah. and uh you know i think he might have taken a few other things but but we just give them the freedom to say hey we would love to help you if you want anything you know you're free to have it so
0: fantastic let's talk about more about the the finances in in uh, blessing your pastor mm-hmm. we, we we've talked about some very practical things there's some there's some beautiful gestures you can make, especially if you have a, a specific skill. Even something as simple as, you know, I, hey, I can babysit. Well, that's that's a, a huge. That's one. a huge deal, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, we were, my wife and I were talking with a minister yesterday, and he said he admitted to us. He said, you know what? He said, if I had some people in my church that would just say, I'll watch your kids, and he said, we have three and a half kids. Uh, He said, it would mean the world to me. He said, because last year, listen to this, folks. Last year, he said he only went out on a date twice with his wife. And he said the reason was, he said, because it was $60 for babysitting. And he said, and we only went to Starbucks. So it was a $75 night, and we only did it twice because we just couldn't afford the child care. We have a friend in Colorado, and and she... uh, she I think tells her pastor, "I will give you five hours once a month every month, and she watches the kids and the kids love her and they love you know and uh, the kids love her, and she loves the kids and But the pastor and his wife just love that those five hours of freedom to know that they can go have a date or go off a meal or go do errands and shopping whatever yeah. and whatever they want so how do we connect to past what do we say to pastors
0: that's uh tactful um Hey, are you scraping by?
3: <laughs> do you need a gift card? Uh, I mean, you know, how it, do it, we do this? I would say you you just be intentional because if you if you ask them, they're going to probably say no. We're good. Of course uh, they are. Yeah, we we just were with a friend the other night, and uh, a, a pastor, uh, she his wife was on bed rest for three months. She was pregnant, and the Bible Mary Ellen's Bible study group, uh, you know, said what can we do to help you? And he said we're good. We don't have any needs. Yeah. We're fine. And then they went and talked to the wife. And they said, what can we do to help you? Because the, the man wouldn't admit it, right. that he had a need. And she said, you know what? My garden is a mess. And uh, and she said, you know, I haven't been able to touch my garden in the summer. And if you could help. And so my wife and a bunch of the other people went over there. Now, this was 25 years ago. And mm-hmm. this, I'm talking to this pastor last week. And he starts crying. You know, he said, they came and they... They took care of our garden. They took care of our flowers. And he, 25 years later, he's weeping over that act of kindness. Wow. And he told people they had no needs. But they went and talked to the wife, and she said, yeah, I really could use some help. Oh, well, I, those three months, she was on bed rest. And, uh, and and you think about that. It wasn't a big deal to go over for a couple hours and work in the garden. And yet 25 years later, he's he's breaking down in tears because of that. That act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also told me the story of uh, he had a brother that was dying, and uh, he mentioned it in a sermon. And uh, and then a woman said, "Why well, are you going to go see him before he dies?" He said, "We we can't afford it." And uh, and so wow. she uh, got hold of him and said, "You're going to see your brother. We have frequent flyer miles. I've booked you. I've, I've booked your flight, and you're going to go see your brother." They actually sent him first class to see the brother and he saw him before he died and then he came back and then when the brother died they gave him another ticket to go and send the family to be there for the funeral he didn't have the money to to go either of those times and this family had frequent flyer points that they didn't need and and literally that was a game changer for him and mm-hmm. again he was just almost breaking down remembering those acts of kindness yeah
0: so if i'm um if i'm you're my let's say you're my pastor. And I say, say, I've got a couple of tickets to this concert. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go by yourself with your wife or do you want me to go along with?
3: Yeah, I think I think I can go both ways. Uh, you can say, hey, you know, we we do have these tickets and we'd love to have you go as our guest. Uh, but we'd also love you to to go with your spouse and maybe another couple if you want what would you prefer you would invite yeah couple you would invite yeah so i think you just position it in a way that the only answers are yes and you give him a choice (laughs) come with us or take some friends but we want to give you these tickets you know uh but we also say in the little brochure we developed give the pastor the grace to decline anything you might offer because some of these people offer you things you really don't want. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm pastor, I'll give you my car. Well, maybe it's a car that isn't worth having. And right, so you right. you say, "Well, thank you, but we're going to be okay."
0: You know, so And I I'm sure everybody understands to some degree that, you know, even something like food mm-hmm. is is going to be, you know, it's People's tastes are going to differ, and yeah. you've got this—you know—this one dish that's got all this cayenne pepper in it, and the family goes, we didn't like it."
3: Yeah. And, well, and, do, and thing, not take it personally, right? The other thing to do with that with food is to ask. Say, is there are there is are there, is there are there meals you like, or is there anything anyone's allergic to? Actually, if you're going to give a meal, it, it's best to just kind of, you know find out from the pastor or the spouse, you know, what meals do does your family like? Mm-hmm. And they might really like fried chicken, or they might like, you know, you know, lasagna or whatever. But, you know, give them a little few options and let them choose. And so, again, your choices are, I can make this, this, or this, and then let the pastor's family right. choose which one rather than you bringing something. And maybe that's not quite a big hit. Yeah. And, of course, <laughs> you can always
0: be sneaky by learning your pastor's birthday or anniversary Mm-hmm. And that gives you a natural opportunity to say, hey, here's a gift card for you and your wife to go out uh, for your anniversary.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the other thing, a lot of people listening, some of us are, and I'm included, we're sitting on gift cards we've never used. Mm-hmm. You know, we have gift cards for, you know, a variety of things. Well, just pass it on to your pastor. Say, hey, I have this gift card. I, have a, I haven't had a need for it, but I think maybe you could use it. Well, the average pastor is going to say, hey, thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Hey, Brian, it also sounds like it's a really smart idea to talk to the pastor and the pastor's wife. Because you're going to hear two very different stories.
3: You will hear two very different stories. I think generally a pastor's wife will be much more honest about what's going on with, with the family and the children and their needs than the pastor. The pastor will you know, suck it up and say, hey, we're all fine. But uh, you know, the truth is maybe that child, uh, they have a child that wants to go to camp and they, they can't afford to go to camp. You know, and if your family that your son or daughter's going, say, "Hey, we, you know, your my kids and your kids are, are friends. We would love to send your child to camp, because a typical pastor they can't afford camp. Mm-hmm. But if someone steps up and 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 you're going with a friend, that's another example of wow. The average pastor's family is going to say yes to that situation. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And when it comes to paying things forward, um, it's it's always a good idea to ask a, a pastor if. If you'd be interested Mm -hmm. and to be specific, I have a sofa that's in fantastic shape Yep. um, that if you'd like to see a photo of it, if
3: it would work for you and your family, we'd be happy to give it to you. Yeah, exactly. And again, that example of where I I sent pictures of everything I had to the pastor and I just told him to pick out anything he would like. And so, again, there I gave him the option to decline Yes. hundred
0: That's a key, isn't it, Brad? Yeah. yeah. Give them the
3: option to Give decline. them the option to decline. Say, hey, we we have something. Or another way to say it is to a pastor, hey, I have this sofa. If your family, you know, could use it, great. If you know any other family that could use it in the church or a staff member, uh, it's also available to them. Because mm-hmm. so, sometimes the pastor can be a a pass-through person. He knows of a need or he knows right. of a family. So he might not have a need, but he may well know of someone that has a need.
0: Right. 1 Timothy 5:18 says the worker de- deserves his wages and 1 Thess 5:11 says encourage one another and build each other up. That's the beautiful uh, mission of Bless Your Pastor. How do mm. listeners learn more about this? Go to blessyourpastor.org. Yes. And you can learn uh, all about the ministry and and benefit from it.
3: You bet. Yeah. And, and one quick thing we for church boards cuz really it's the church board board's job to do this. Yes. So we have a 7-minute training video for the church board and then all the free resources so just go to blessyourpastor.org indicate you're a church board member or spouse of a board member whatever get that free video and all the free materials and your church can bless your pastor and church staff
0: fantastic brian cluth thank you so much for coming into the studio been great to meet you hey thanks
3: Thanks you god so much, bless please. to god's blessings on everybody
0: blessyourpastor.org is the website we'll take a short break and be right back